Hey, thanks for joining us here at the Vineyard Church Podcast. For more video messages and content, make sure to visit our website, vineyardwheeling.com, or download our app. There's a lot of great resources there that are free and will help you grow closer to God and help you connect with the church. Right now, let's go to our lead pastor, Chris Figueretti, for this week's message. Well, good morning and Merry Christmas, everyone. Let me be the first to welcome, or, uh, wish you Merry Christmas. Probably not. But we are full on into the Christmas season now, and so I think that's appropriate. Hey, before we jump into the message for today, I want to just say thank you to everyone who has been volunteering with the Be the Blessing projects. A lot of those happened over this weekend. We had a big Christmas party at Madison School on Friday night. A bunch of volunteers made that happen, made some kids very, very happy, and some great connections built with families. Uh, we've had uh, folks at Respect all weekend. We've had folks in Moundsville, Elm Grove, uh, where else have we been? Cameron, all over the Ohio Valley, serving and being the blessing and shining the light of Christ. So let's give those folks who volunteered a round of applause. Thank you for doing that. Way to go. And if you've not signed up to volunteer, there are still projects going. We're doing a big cooking push next week to cook for the uh, freeze shelter. Uh, and so if you want to participate in that, you can still sign up online or on the app. Uh, and you can, uh, there are several other projects that we'll be going into next year. So if you haven't signed up, these are low commitment hours, uh, high impact projects that you can just uh, have some fun, shine some light and get your, get your feet wet being the blessing. It's really good stuff. Well, hey, we are in, uh, we are finishing up our series, No Longer a Slave. Next week, we're going to kick off a two-week series for the holidays called Thrill of Hope. Uh, and on your uh, way in, you've got a program and in your program, should be, or attached to your program, should be this little card that says Thrill of Hope. Uh, this is an invite. Take this with you and bring somebody with you next week for that series. It's all designed to, to really get us in the, the right mindset for the holiday and to uh, help us navigate the holiday well. So uh, bring somebody with you. Well, <clears throat> as we've been going through this series, um, we've been talking about fear and how fear, appropriate fear, can be a good thing. Uh, but inappropriate fear can really jack us up. It can steal from us God's best for our lives. And so many people are dealing with fear these days. Uh, the last two weeks, I will encourage you, if you've missed the last two weeks, uh, either one of those messages, every week of this series is really important. Like, you, you can't just take one week of this series and go, okay, I got everything I need to know about fear. You don't. You need to go back and you need to catch the other ones. Because when you put these three weeks together, it really is a powerful, uh, a powerful thing in your life. And uh, I've just been really excited about how this has come together. And I think it will help you if you're dealing with fear. Uh, there are two kinds of fears. There are irrational fears. And then there are Rational fears. I came up with that myself. I did. I did. So irrational and rational. So I looked up irrational fears. These are things that, that we probably shouldn't be afraid of, but we are for whatever reason. And so uh, th we call them phobias. And there, there are hundreds of phobias. Did you know that? You can go, go look that up. Don't go look that up. But you could. There are hundreds of them. There's agoria, agoraphobia, which is the fear of open spaces. There are people who uh, are stuck in their houses or their apartments because they're afraid to go outside. And that's a real thing. Now, it's not dangerous to go outside, but something happened at some point that, that 
cause them to be afraid to go outside. And so uh, it, it starts to play over and over again in your head, and now all of a sudden it, it seems scary to go outside, but it's, it's kind of an irrational thing. There's claustrophobia, which is the fear of enclosed spaces. Um, used to take people caving, and we would get into tight spaces in caves, and people would consistently freak out because they were claustrophobic and take them out. My wife, Christy, claims to be claustrophobic, so I'm not allowed to pull the sheets up over her head. I think she has fartophobia, but I'm just saying. Um, there's Indiana Jones has a fitophobia. A fitophobia is the fear of snakes, right? I, no, snakes, why did it have to be snakes? And, you know, there are snakes that we probably should be afraid of, like, you know, a cobra or something, but has anybody ever had a cobra in their living room? No, you haven't, right? But that garter snake in your backyard will, you know, freak you out and you'll run away and get, yeah. And it, it's, it's completely irrational. We also have cynophobia. Now, I thought this was interesting. Cynophobia is the fear of dogs. Now, I love dogs. Now, I understand there are dogs that are, that are mean, and you probably should be afraid of those dogs, but just a fear of dogs in general, I don't get it. This is my dog, Gus, right? And, and Gus is my buddy, and we snuggle, and we wrestle, and we hang out, and I like to scratch him behind the ears, and he likes that a lot. And There's no reason to be afraid of dogs, but maybe you have a reason that you were, you know, something that happened and now you're afraid of all dogs. Well, that's kind of an irrational fear because Gus, you would love Gus, you really would. But you know what I didn't find on the list was the fear of cats. What's up with that? There, there's no, because cats are terrifying. My, 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 okay, cat people. My, my friend uh, Darren called me this after the sermon last weekend and said, I'm a cat person because I made a cat. Uh, cat comment last week. And he said, I'm a cat person. And my cat, he does this and he does that. I'm like, you don't have a cat, you have a dog. I mean, you know, um, but at any rate, you know, I mean, your cat, if your cat was the size of you, it would be planning on how it could eat you right now. That's cat. So I found this picture and it just illustrates what I'm talking about. Cats are terrifying. <laughs> then there's trypanophobia. Trypanophobia is the fear of needles. Now I have a slight slight case of this. Um, a couple of years back, I cut myself in the leg uh, and I needed some stitches. And so we went to the urgent care and I got the stitches. And then the, the nurse was like, and now we need to give you your tetanus shot. You need to drop your drawers. And I'm like, I looked at her and I looked at Christy and Christy's like, and I was so okay. And I dropped my drawers and I'm bent over there over the little thing. Don't visualize this. And, and, and I was fine until she got the syringe out, it only looked like it was about that long. And then as she pulled it out, the needle was about that long. I mean, it freaked me out. I, I ran around with my pants around my knees and she had to tackle me and give me the shot. And then there's cholerophobia, cholerophobia. Um, and I have a touch of this as well. And this is the irrational fear of clowns. Anybody with me on this one? Yeah, so I have some friends that are clowns. I did their wedding a few years ago, and uh, we're good friends, and I've had to face this fear and push through, and, and uh, I've got a picture of them at their wedding both kissing me on the cheek with their clown noses on. It was, oh, it's very, very, very scary. But anyway, so there are hundreds of irrational fears that when we step back and think about it, a clown's not going to hurt us. Most dogs aren't going to hurt us. Most snakes aren't going to hurt us. But whatever it is that we're afraid of, it, it, it's irrational, but it feels very real, doesn't it, if you're dealing with one of those? And, and, and one of the things we say here at the Vineyard almost every weekend is that 
It's okay to not be okay. If you're struggling with a phobia, a fear, irrational fear of any kind, it's okay to not be okay. Like there's grace and God meets you in that. But what we're going to learn today is that God calls us to face those fears. And there's grace for the journey and it might be a process for you, but God wants you to be free. He doesn't want you to stay stuck. Is that a good thing? That's a good thing. Some of you are like, I'm afraid. Yeah. Hang in there. Hang in there. So we have our irrational fears. We also have rational fears. Now, rational fear can be a helpful thing if we should be afraid. You know, there are things that will legitimately hurt you and you need to get out of the way. When I was going to college, I went to Shepherd uh, College over in the Eastern Panhandle, West Virginia for a couple years. And there's a train that goes right through town. First night, no lie, I jumped out of bed because it sounded like the train was coming right through my living room or right through our dorm room. And, uh, but we would walk on the train tracks and if you heard a train coming, I mean, it was so loud. It was, I mean, amazing power that these trains have. And then they hit that whistle and all the hair would stand up on the back of your neck and you would not, I mean, you would just get off the tracks. It was a fear response, get out of the way. And that's what it's designed for help save people's lives. It's a good response to that. So fear can, can, can help us from time to time. There's a, the, a, a reasonable fear of heights. My family and I watched a uh, Nat Geo documentary a couple weeks back called Free Solo. Has anybody seen this one? It's the story of Alex Honnold. Uh, he is a free solo climber, which means he climbs without any ropes. And so he climbed the, the, this particular documentary documents his plan and his preparation and then eventually his climbing of El Capitan in Yosemite Valley, which is a 3,500 foot sheer cliff. And it's very, very technical uh, and very, very difficult. And so one wrong move at any point along this 3,500 feet of climbing and he would fall thousands of feet and die. Now the problem with free solo climbers is that they all will eventually fall to their death because you only get one mistake. You know, you get off balance, you grab a loose rock, you hit some, some sand on the rock with your foot and, uh, and, and it slides and you, you're gonna fall. In fact, just a week and a half ago, there was a, a report in the news of a free solo climber in South America who fell to his death. And it happens eventually to all of them. Now they did a, a study on Alex and they, found, they put a, him in an MRI machine and then introduced things that should scare normal people. And the areas in your brain that light up with fear, he was just completely blank, nothing. Like he did not have an appropriate fear response to help him figure out that he shouldn't be climbing without ropes. It's crazy, right? Now it's inspiring that he made it and all that, but it's not gonna end well for Alex. Fear can help you when it is appropriate, rational fear. But we have a lot of rational fears. They're, they're rational, but they're just scary things. They're not really things that are gonna hurt us. See, there are, are, there are people who climb with ropes and harnesses and, and anchors that hold thousands of pounds. And they'll climb the same routes that Alex will climb without any ropes. And they'll get up into these, these exposed places where it's thousands of feet underneath of them. But if they fall, they're only going to fall 15 or 20 feet on an elastic rope. And then they can get back on the wall and climb past where they were. 
And what the ropes and harnesses and all that does is it enables them to be on an adventure. It enables them to go places that most people don't go and to do it in a relatively safe way. Now, it's not as safe as being on your couch, but either is going to the grocery store. So um, it's relatively safe. But if you get out on to those, some of those same places where Alex was, you know, where it's a thousand feet below and you're looking down, your mind will begin to play tricks on you and you'll begin to forget that you're attached to the ropes, right? And you have to remind yourself that you're attached to the ropes so that you can take a deep breath and you can keep going and enjoy the journey. And guys, that's what following God is like because he is our rope and harness system. He carries us through whatever we go through. He's got us. In Isaiah 41, verse 10, the message version, it says this, don't panic, I'm with you. There's no need to fear for I am your God. I'll give you strength, I'll help you, I'll hold you steady, keep a firm grip on you. And God, keeps a firm grip on us. Now we get into scary situations and it feels like we're exposed and it feels like we might fall and we have to remind ourselves, this is what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, we have to remind ourselves that he's got us in his grip, which is stronger than any rope, right? He's not going to let us go. And when we can get that into our minds and into our hearts, all of a sudden we're able to be out on adventures that most people can't go on. We're able to walk through life in a way differently than most people do. We're able to live life in all of its fullness, right? And it doesn't mean that we won't experience fear along the way. Climbers with ropes often do. If you're going to follow Jesus, and I hope that you do, if you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus, that's what all of this is about, this gathering and church and all of that. He has the answer that you're looking for. And I want to encourage you, keep coming back and keep learning because you will find what you're looking for. But if you're going to follow him, just know this on the front end. He will call you out of your comfort zone. He will. That's part of following him. And really, the life you're looking for is going to be found outside of your comfort zone. There will be moments where you're going to go, oh, I forgot that I have a harness and a rope on. And, light, and it's just, this is just scary. See, fear in this life is inevitable. Courage is a choice. Courage is a choice. The last couple of weeks, I have been presenting to you some tools that will help you kind of in here, remember, and up here, remember, kind of reconnoiter your perspective so that we could get to this week. And this week, what I want to introduce to you is this concept of courage and that God is calling you to be courageous. John Wayne, the famous actor, acted mostly as a cowboy, is famous for saying this, courage is being scared to death but saddling up anyway. Courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. Guys, as we walk through life, as you follow Jesus, you're gonna have moments where you're going to be afraid. Courage is walking through that fear. And then what you find on the other side of that, well, we'll get there in a moment. We'll get there in a moment.
Following Jesus requires saddling up anyway. So that might be, well, one of the things that if you are a follower of Jesus that he calls every one of his followers to is to help people find and follow him. To, to be living with our eyes up, looking for opportunities to invite people, to share our story about how Jesus has shared or changed our lives, to share his story about how he's come after us. And that can be a scary thing, especially if you've never done that before. It's one of the most exciting things you can do is help somebody walk from not, not having faith to having faith. It's one of, the, it's, it's one of the, the biggest thrills in life. And yet, for so many people, it's a point of fear. And Jesus calls us to step out of our comfort zone and to push through that fear in our lives. For some of us, that might be in the area of biblical giving. You know, it scares us to death to think about God calls us to give in a way that impacts our lifestyle. That, that, that stretches us, that forces us to trust him, right? And it's a scary thing. I watch this so, so, so often with people who are like, they'll muster the courage to try. And they do. And then they're like, oh my goodness, God came through and I, I'm never going back. And their confidence and their faith grows. For some of us, it's, it might be a step into ministry. Did you know, again, if you're a follower of Jesus... He has a part for you to play in his kingdom. He has a ministry for you, a purpose for your life. Every one of us. I think of my friend Ryan, who is a young man, an engineer, studied to be an engineer, but you know what he does on Wednesday nights? He stands up in front of a room full of teenagers, high school students, and talks to them about Jesus. I think of my friend Ashley, who... who uh, his life was just so impacted by the Alpha Course decided that, uh, that we needed to be doing the Alpha course at a prison. And so she and my fr other friend Cynthia, they got together and, and, and these two, two women take a, the Alpha course into a men's prison. Talk about scary. And now they have a team of people that are going into Belmont County men's prison doing Alpha and they have uh, a waiting list of men wanting to learn about Jesus. That's awesome. But it's a step out of the comfort zone. Maybe it's a, to heal a relationship, to say you're sorry, but you don't know how they're going to respond. Or maybe it's to have a hard conversation with somebody and you're afraid because you'd like to keep the peace as much as you can. Or maybe it's doing the right thing and trusting God for the results. I think of my friend a few years back who he went into work one day and his boss said, look, you, I need you to fudge the numbers on the reports. And his eyes got big and he went home and he thought about it. And he's like, I can't fudge the numbers. And so he goes back the next day and says, look, I can't fudge the numbers. And his, and his boss fired him. And he was unemployed for a while. And he got to watch how God provided for him through that unemployment. Miraculously, it was really cool. And then God provided a job for him that he has to this day, and he gets to invent all kinds of cool stuff. And he's got it's just a, so much of a better situation. But he, he didn't know that on the front end. He didn't. All he knew is that God had him and that he needed to do the next right thing. Maybe that's you. Maybe you need to ask her out. Maybe you need to start a business because God's put it on your heart and you keep, the fear keeps you back. Maybe you need to stop being that helicopter parent and let your kids have a little bit of freedom 
and stop trying to control. Maybe you need to fight the battle in your head, that voice that tells you you're not good enough. Maybe you're afraid of death. Maybe you're afraid of being alone. Maybe you're afraid of intimacy. Maybe you're afraid of failure. But whatever it is, it keeps you from becoming and doing all that God has for you. There was a, um, a group of people that were hanging out in the woods one day. Uh, well, they were in the desert. They were called the Israelites. They, uh, they started out, there was a, a man named Abraham, and God approached him and said, hey, I'm going to make you into a great nation, and I'm going to give you some great land. And his grandson ended up occupying that land, but a famine came, and so they ended up going down to Egypt because there was food in Egypt, and they lived there for a while, and then the pharaoh in Egypt died, and there was a new pharaoh, and the new pharaoh made them all slaves. And for 400 years, they were in slavery. And they, they, they multiplied and multiplied to, to the point that there were literally millions of them after 400, 400 years. And God approaches a guy named Moses and says, hey, I need you to go to Egypt, and I need you to go to the most powerful man in the world, and I need you to tell him that I said, let my people go. And so he does. He walks in, into the the, the the, the king's chamber and says, my God says he wants you to let his people go. And the king laughs at him and kicks him out. And then God does a bunch of miracles. And eventually he's got Pharaoh's attention and the Pharaoh turns them loose. And the Israelites leave Egypt and they go into the desert of the Sinai Peninsula. Now it's 11, an 11 day journey from Egypt, if, by, if you're walking, from Egypt to the land of Israel where they're, they're, it was their, their homeland. So it took them a little longer than 11 days, but they get there relatively quickly. And they're like, all right, there's people living in our land. So let's send in some spies, see what's going on. And so they go in and they, they spy out the land and they come back and they're like, it's everything our ancestors told us it would be. I mean, it is the land of milk and honey. There is food and agriculture. It is beautiful. The weather is just like San Diego. Maybe we can go to SeaWorld. No, they don't say that. But, but it is. It's just like San Diego. It's just beautiful. It's perfect. I mean, if God were going to give somebody a perfect piece of land, this is it. But there's a problem. There are giants in the land. These people are huge. They're way bigger than we are. We can't take them. And they have this powwow and this conversation, and they make the decision rather than to go into the land that they are going to make a decision based in fear, and they're going to go back into the desert. And they end up walking around in the desert for 40 years. Guys, there is a, always a consequence when we make fear-based decisions. Now, God will redeem it eventually, but 40 years in the desert because they made a decision based in fear. Well, at the end of that 40 years, Moses, who has been their leader through this whole time, is about to pass away, and he knows his time is coming to a close. And so he's going to hand the leadership of the nation off to a guy named Joshua, who is his assistant. And he gathers the people of Israel together, and this is what Moses says in Deuteronomy 31.6. Now, I want you to pay attention to these words, okay, because I think you're going to see a theme, and I want you to pay attention to the theme. This is what he says. He says, be strong and courageous. 
Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all of Israel, be strong and... Is this sounding familiar? For you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to to give them. And you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Now, I don't know about you, but if I were walking around in the wilderness for 40 years waiting to go into the land that was promised to you, I'd be a little bit discouraged. And, and, and here's what happens, and I don't know what comes first. But when we give in to fear, discouragement isn't far behind. And then we find ourselves in this cycle of being discouraged and depressed, and then the fear gets bigger, and then we're discouraged and depressed, and we just kind of cycle down into it, don't we? And, and, and so we will see this theme of don't be discouraged. But I think what God is doing here for the Israelites is he's, just, he's rattling their cage a little bit. He's like, wake up, guys. You're going to have to dig deep. You're going to have to find some courage to overcome the discouragement. Be courageous. Be strong. Moses passes away, and the Lord comes to Joshua and says to Joshua this, in Joshua 1, 7 through 9, this is still before they've gone back into the land. He says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. We talked about this last week, the importance of knowing God's word. And the, and the impact that has in our lives. And then he goes on, he says, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. I, are you seeing the pattern? All right, good. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Right, there it is. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And we see this over and over and over again. Through the Old Testament into the New Testament, uh, God saying the same thing over and over again. I am with you. Don't be discouraged. Reach deep and find your courage and your strength and push through. Guys, the last couple of weeks, I have given you some practices that you can put in place in your life that will begin to reorient your heart and reorient your mind, that will remind you that God is with you, that will give you strength. But at some point, God's got to grab your cage if you're stuck in fear and rattle it a little bit and say, be courageous. You can do this. You can push through. I I rewrote, um, I do this sometimes, I will paraphrase a passage just to help me get my arms around a little bit. It's a great practice if you, uh, you want, want something to, to, if you come across a passage that you're like, wow, that's great, write it out in your own words. It's, it's pretty fun. Uh, and it helps, for me, it helps to get into my heart. And this is how I re- rewrote Joshua 1, 7 through 9 in light of 
this theme through all of Scripture. This is what I, I wrote. I, I wrote, be strong and brave, learn and know God's word deeply and follow it. And if you do, your life will be better and you will be better at life. Now, you must be brave and push through your fear. Don't let the circumstances discourage you, for I am with you, and I will always be with you, no matter what. He's not ever going to leave. He is the harness and rope system for life. And there are adventures that seem scary, but you can step out onto that rock cliff knowing that God has you in his hand and he is not going anywhere. And that's powerful stuff. Well, what, do we, what can we learn? Well, I think we can learn that courage is a command. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to be dealing with fear and anxiety and all those things, but God at some point is going to say to you, be courageous and be strong, push through it. He's going to call you out of the fear. He's going to call you to face the things that you're afraid of. And it's going to be terrifying at moments. But he's with you and he's got you. And as you do, and as you come out on the other side, some amazing things are going to happen. You know, God's word reminds us that we have a rope and a harness. It reminds us that even in the midst of... As a, as, a, as a former rock climber, I wouldn't claim to be a rock climber at this point, but as a former rock climber, you know, there have been times where I have been on, on cliffs, Seneca Rocks, and I look down and it's like 400 feet to the ground, and I've got a rope on, right, and, I, and, and, and I'm, I'm in a safe situation, but a completely blank out on the rope, and I just, it's just, I'm looking at the circumstances and I'm becoming discouraged. But if I can remind myself, it's okay, deep breath, I've got the rope, then I can actually get back into the climb and have a tremendous time. God's word reminds us. And God with us, this is the reoccurring theme. He's with you. He's with you. He's with you. I think we forget this probably first. Never forget that God is with you. And lastly, discouragement will trap you in your fear. Or fear will trap you in discouragement. And that's when God is like, be courageous. You know, I mean, it, it, be courageous by itself isn't helpful, is it? But be courageous built on what we've talked about in this series can change your life. And at some point, God's going to, lovingly get in your face and say, okay, it's time to push through. It's time to push through. And we have a part to play in that. The power of Philippians 4, 4 through 7 that we talked about week 1 and Romans 12, verse 2 that we talked about in week 2 of this series, that's the foundation for that. But God at some point is going to say, okay, it's time to push through. And maybe he is now. And when you push through, something happens. Your faith grows, your trust grows, your courage grows. There's momentum to your life. In my life before I was a pastor, I was an outdoor adventure dude. That's an official title, by the way. And I would take people rock climbing and caving and whitewater stuff and backpacking and all those things. 
And one of the activities that we would often do is called an adventure ropes course or a high ropes course. And we would take people out into, up into the trees, 30 to 50 feet high. And uh, if you've seen the adventure course up at Ogilvy, that's a really low one compared to the ones that we did. And then when you get up 50 feet high, it doesn't matter if you have a harness on and you're clipped into to cables and everything, it can get in your head. And... Um, and so this one course that I can remember specifically, we, would, we were working with teenagers and we would take them and at the end of the course, there was something called the big giant swing. And the big giant swing, you would, uh, you would sit down on this bench and we would put a seatbelt on them. They're clipped in as well, but we would put a seatbelt on them. And then straight out ahead, there were two trees off to the side with a big steel pole between them. And attached to the middle of the steel pole was a piece of aircraft cable. It would hold 14,000 pounds, okay? This is, nobody's breaking the aircraft cable. And we would pull up the aircraft cable, and at the end, there was a carabiner that we would clip to their, to their harness, and there was a place where they could put their feet and hold on to the aircraft cable. And then what we would do, it's a 50-foot drop straight down to the forest floor. What we would do is say, are you ready? And when they were ready, only when they were ready, we would unbuckle the seatbelt that was holding them in there because it was pulling them a little bit and they would scoot up to the edge and then they would go. Now this could take a minute, this could take five minutes, this could take 20 minutes, it could take an hour. Uh, some people never went. But for those who did, what would happen once they made the decision to go is they get to the edge and they would free fall for about 35 feet and then that aircraft cable would catch and they would shoot off on the ride of their life. I mean, they were up into the trees and they would swing back and forth and they're hooping and hollering. And then when we would get them down on the ground, they were different. <laughs> Mostly they just wanted to go clean their pants. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I mean, they walked with confidence. They had faced their fear and overcome their fear, and they walked with a swagger. There was a, there was a, they had faced their fear and pushed through it. And guys, I'm telling you, this is true in life. If you can muster the courage, remembering that God is with you, that he's got you, he's got the rod of your life. And, and, and not just one rod of your life, he's got multiple rods of your life. Your life takes on a different dynamic. There's momentum to it. You walk with a little bit of swagger, not arrogance, but just confidence that God has you. And you can face things that you didn't think you can face, and you can overcome things that you didn't think you could overcome. But you have to be courageous, and you have to be strong. I love in um, the book of First Chronicles, David, King David, um, was handing off the kingdom to his son. He was at the end of his reign and his son Solomon was going to take over. And not only was he going to have to be a king as a young man, which was, would have been an overwhelming task in and of itself, but he was tasked with building the temple for God. And this was the biggest thing that anybody in their country had ever done. And so David in First Chronicles 20, 20 says this to Solomon. He says, be strong and... Is anybody picking, on, uh, picking up on the theme? Be strong and courageous. And he says, and do the work. He says, Solomon, there's going to be days where you don't want to get out of bed, where you're going to feel overwhelmed, where you're going to feel like people are against you. Get out of bed and go to work. 
Get up and keep moving. It says, do not be afraid or discouraged. Again, for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. It's the same message. And like I said, this is a message, you know, I mean, if this were just written to Joshua, it would have been a promise for Joshua. This is written to multiple followers of God throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. This is a promise for you and for me. And the truth is, just like Solomon, well, probably not just like Solomon, but God has an assignment for you. He has work for you to do. He's created you with purpose and a mission and a ministry. And God would say to you, be strong and courageous and do the work. Don't be afraid or discouraged for the Lord God, my God, is with you. And he will not fail you or forsake you. Jesus in John chapter 14 is talking to his disciples. He says something. It's the same message, but just a little bit different because things had changed with Jesus. He says this, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. He's talking about his spirit. See, with Jesus, the Holy Spirit, we live in the age of the Spirit. His, if you're a follower of his, his Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you and provides for you peace. You can tap into that. That's different than the, the people of old had access to. And he, then he says, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be discouraged and do not be afraid. It's so consistent. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 16, writing to the church in Corinth, says this, Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. So what is the thing that you need to find courage about? What is the thing? What's your next courageous step? Maybe... Maybe there's somebody you need to break up with and right now you're just going along to get along. But you know, you know. Maybe you need to get baptized but you're worried about what your family will say or think. Maybe you need, uh, if you're watching online and, and you're kind of afraid to, uh, uh, to come out, you know, you're agoraphobic or you don't like crowds or whatever, maybe you need to push through that and gather with the people of God. Maybe you need to get on to a serve team and start using your gifts and your energy and your time to serve other people and to serve God. Maybe you need to find a group of people to gather with a life group in the new semester as we go into January and, 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 and kind of push past this, what I don't know them, and get to know them and establish friendships. Maybe you need to stop doing something you know is wrong. Maybe you need to start doing something you know you're supposed to do. Maybe you need to start living on mission with your eyes up, looking around. Who can I help find and follow God? And what can I say? And what can I do? And how can I live my life on mission? What is it for you? I don't know. Only you do, but I'm guessing you do. You know what you're afraid of. You know what of those things or if something else God is tugging at your heart on. So, be strong and brave. Learn and know God's word deeply and follow it. And if you do, your life will be better and you will be better in life. Now, you must be brave and push through your fear. 
Don't let the circumstances discourage you, for I am with you and will always be with you, no matter what. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. God, that you would challenge every one of us to take our next step, our next adventure, to face down whatever it is that imprisons us in fear, Lord, and to push through, to walk differently. Lord, that you would grow our faith and our impact in this community, in this world, in our families. Lord, that we would live life in all of its fullness. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining us here at The Vineyard. It's our greatest desire to see you find and follow God, and we hope that this podcast has helped you do just that. In addition to these podcasts, please come visit us live at the Capitol Theater in downtown Wheeling, Sunday mornings at 9.30 and 11.15, and experience these encouraging messages, some incredible music, and so much more in person. We would love to meet you. Again, thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you next time.